Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Return of the Roar podcast. Let uh, let us introduce ourselves. I am Chris Watkins, uh, your host, and sitting across from me, socially distanced, of course, Frankie Cardicelli. Frank, how you doing? Hello, everybody. I'm doing very well. Very well. A uh, very exciting day for uh, for us. Not an exciting day for the Kings. Uh, exciting day for me, mostly because I had Popeye's chicken today. Uh, that's always a win. Not sponsored, but uh, it was a good day. Had some Popeye's. Watched the Kings lose their eighth straight, and uh, we're putting our first podcast out on the KHDK platform today. So yes. that's, uh, that's a positive. Yes, very excited. Uh, for all those who didn't see the news, uh, we are now proudly uh, a part of the KHDK Podcast Network, which uh, I'm not sure has – I think there's well, a couple on there. Uh, it's like the mo- mostly we're the only non-on-the-air show that's going to be like broadcast – like not broadcasted, but put out as as a part of – the other Bonneville International uh, shows. So you can go on to KHDK.com or, or the Sports 1140 app. Preferably the Sports 1140 KHDK app or preferably probably for whoever's listening to this, whatever way you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google, you name it, the podcast should be on there. You should be listening to it right now, I'm assuming through there. Yeah, if um, you're listening to it now, you probably found it. You probably found <laughs> it. Uh, but it's exciting. We Obviously, we work here at KHDK. The podcast was a project that we were doing kind of on our own and – uh, it's picked up a little steam over the past, uh, probably the whole first half of the season. It's kind of been growing and growing, and um, we appreciate the support. Yeah, very so, much. Uh, the we'll, support was awesome today. We'll try to not ruin it, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we will try our hardest to not ruin it. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate all our new listeners, all of our old existing listeners. Um, our family, our moms who are listening. Our moms, a lot of friends hit us up. Friends, um, dogs, whoever is like around listening to the podcast playing in the background. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, without further ado, let's uh, let's let's get into why people are listening and uh, let's talk some Sacramento Kings. Is that okay? Of course it is. Boom! You're, you, oh, Compu- whoa! Whoa! Your computer is very ready. We're, we've been popping off today. It's my mom also again. So She's congratulating you. It's all good. Uh, Big things. Yeah, she so just, she actually watches all the games for some reason and just tortures herself with. Um, you know, did, do your parents watch the games? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I used to watch it when I lived there. I'm not sure if they've since continued they they text me pretty regularly so just, I, I guess so it makes me sad just knowing like my mom's like sitting there like probably like a king shirt on watching the game just like watching the kings get like ran over by 20 yeah. so um turn it off mom yeah. watch something else sorry guys we did not mean to bestow that upon you yes uh, you guys deserve better if your parents watch uh you know i don't know they probably shouldn't so. Yeah, it's been especially rough uh, for our folks these past couple games. Uh, since the last time we recorded was the last time the Kings uh, played Brooklyn, actually, uh, last week. Uh, so we've we've missed a couple games here. And nothing has really changed since then. Uh, more injuries. Rashawn has missed three games. Uh, Harrison missed three games over that stretch. And uh, the Kings did nothing but lose. They continued to lose. And that makes with that eight straight for us. Uh, eight straight. They've lost eight straight games. Uh, the last, well, the, the losing streak started uh, in a game that we thought was actually a pretty good game when they barely, you know, they they had a chance against Philadelphia and they came up short on February 9th. and uh, they have not won a game. They have not won a game since uh, what's the game before that? The Clippers game. That Clippers game with the, that was Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday when Harrison Barnes had that little tip in and. Kings were riding high. We we're on top of the world. We were twelve and eleven. We'd won seven of eight. Things were looking really good, and uh, 
That was February 7th. We have not won a basketball game in 16 days as of today, February 23rd. So it's funny how fast things changed. Things were so positive, and I know it's just everyone was so excited back on on the 8th of February. We we thought, hey, I think we were in the seventh seat on that day. Uh, There was talk of buying. I think we even came on our podcast. It's probably archived if people want to listen to old ones. Um, We talked about... We should buy. Why not? I mean, GameStop. GameStop, GameStop was really hot yeah, at the GameStop time. GameStop was so we high. Were, Let's we buy were, stocks. Yeah, we were definitely heavy in the stock talk at that time. Are you buying the King stock? Well, now, I mean, everyone's probably selling. I mean, everyone's jumped ship a while ago at this yeah. point. They've lost eight in a row. So um, things have gone very poorly over the past eight games, to put it lightly. Yeah, and funny enough, I mean, it's – it's no surprise that, you know, Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes don't play and the Kings don't win. I mean, it, it's something we've been talking about routinely throughout this season is those guys are so key to the Kings' success that, I mean, there was really no shot, especially when, when the schedule got really tough uh, recently here, that they were going to win those games. I mean, the, the Bucks game, I think they really gave their all, and uh, there was definitely a lot of chances for that to be a 30-point loss, and, and the team never really gave up. Uh, but there was no realistic chance that they were going to win those games without without those guys. Yeah, and you look at the losing streak, and most of those games since the Philadelphia game, the Philadelphia game, which is kind of it's kind of funny how things work. The last game, the Kings had all three of Harrison Barnes, Marvin Bagley, um, and Rashawn Holmes was that February 9th game against Philadelphia, and that's a game they almost won against arguably the best team in the Eastern Conference, and. Uh, since then, not having Marvin, who's been playing very, very well, uh, not having Rashawn, who's had a career year, and not having Harrison Barnes, who's also had a career year, you miss even one of those guys, and they're missing two at a time. Um, you're not going to win many games. And the Kings, we've known, like, from a statistical standpoint, they have, like, that lineup of, I think the closing lineup of Fox, uh, Halliburton, Buddy, Rashawn, and... Um, Barnes. And Barnes, it's like a top – it was, up until the losing streak, a top three lineup in the league. And when you're playing without one or two of those guys, it's just – you're putting your Corey Josephs in late or your Glenn Robinson the thirds. Boy, or, oh boy, has that been happening. Yeah, we, tonight also. I mean, we'll get to that, how Corey Joseph in late in crunch time. People Ooh. love to see it. Uh, love to see those big buckets from Kojo. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just not ideal, so – uh, missing those guys really hurting tonight. Obviously, you saw the impact. They've been getting blown out over the past kind of week, week and a half. And uh, tonight, the fight was there. The beginning wasn't – the first quarter was kind of a nightmare, and we kind of thought, okay, here we go. Lost some radio. Let's get it over with. But they – mostly Tyrese, like the way he played tonight, it just kind of injected that hope back into the game. Like, okay, let's keep it – we'll keep it close, and who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, and that was kind of the theme of the games that Harrison and Rashawn missed was Tyrese really – Took the opportunity to shine in those games. Uh, he, you know, set his career high again. Uh, the other, yeah, like the, like the third time he scored twenty three. Uh, was that against Milwaukee? Uh, Milwaukee, he yeah. scored. So that's back to back games. He scored twenty three, which that's great for him, man. Like he, he's been playing very well lately. Uh, even against Chicago, he had sixteen points and, and five assists and two steals. And uh, his his game is just so clearly not. It's not one dimensional. Like no. he's just he's super active on defense tonight. He was all over the place and. Uh, Against uh, Milwaukee, too, two steals on the block. I mean, it's just... Eight assists as well. Yeah. Nine assists, I think, tonight against Brooklyn. Yeah, back-to-back games, eight-plus assists. So he's 
And he rebounds. I think he had five boards tonight and last game too. So And he's looking for a shot a whole lot more than he yeah. than we've seen him look all season. I mean he he's hunting that three. His floater game is out of control. It's so I mean, nice, man. Man, he took one today that was like maybe he took two steps in from the three point line and just took a float like it was it looked like Lamelo Ball. Like if Lamelo Ball would have done it, I would have seen it on Sports Center's Instagram account. It was very ball like. Excuse it was crazy. Like, excuse no, that expression, I, but it was very ball like. It, it, uh, it was really wild. I uh, like I don't know what to expect out of him. Like Well, we all, it's wild. Everyone it's, was like clamoring for him to take more shots, take more shots and the last 3 games it, it's a pretty significant jump because uh, up until this point, I don't think he attempted over 16 field goals in a game. Once. No, not once. In the past three games, not he once. has done, gone 16 attempts, 16, and then today it was 20. And uh, he shot over 50%, I think, on average over those. Yeah, he was 10 and 16. Yeah, so he's he's shooting the ball at a 50% clip, over 16 attempts per game. Three-point shot looks fantastic. It's just, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's also King, six. I'm looking at his just uh, all of his box scores right now. This is a sixth straight game over 30 minutes. Yeah. Tonight with 39, almost 40 minutes. So um, we're also seeing him get a lot more uh, involved in the rotations, which is, you know, it, the next step is starting, which a lot of people have obviously been been asking for uh, for him to step in for Buddy Heald or somebody to step in for Buddy Heald. I've seen Quan Jeffrey's name thrown around. Um, but... I, I just I love to see Tyrese getting those minutes. Yeah, which as far as like rotations go, and and uh, tonight we saw Kojo in late, which was obviously a nightmare. I'm not really sure why uh, Luke Walton wants to ride with with Kojo late. It doesn't really make much sense to me. And again, it, we'd hate to keep dunking on on Corey Joseph. It, just, it keeps happening. <laughs> if you listen to this podcast before, you know that we dunk on him a lot. But also all of King's Twitter, like we're not the only ones here doing it. All of King's Twitter, and and everyone says the same thing we're saying. Like we know he's a nice guy and he's a good teammate. It's just. He is not what this team needs right now. Uh, as far as lineup switches go, and we're going to get to some trade talk later on and whether it's time or not to make moves because, again, this team has lost eight games in a row. Uh, the only team that's playing as bad as we are right now is, I think, Houston. They've lost eight games in a row. Yeah, I, I think Cleveland's lost something like ten in a row as well. Not great company to be in. Uh, do you think – what do you think happens first? Like, your opinion, do you think a lineup change happens first or trades happen first? Well, at this point, what we have four more games left until until the break. Yeah, and that's gotta be like the un. Unof- I don't like the deadline is until like late March, but the unofficial deadline has to be like five, around five games until the break. Yeah, the unofficial deadline has to be like the All Star break. Like, right? I mean, don't that's you think- what I would assume. I mean, it definitely feels that way at this point. Like, if you were to make a move, I, I don't know. I mean, you can get a couple games in before before the break, but uh, I just I don't. It it seems the vibe seems to be kind of around the league, like everybody's kind of waiting because, I mean, we've heard countless players, you know, DeAndre or DeAndre Drummond, uh, Andre Drummond uh, has been rumored in trades, and you know, Harrison Barnes and X amount of people, and we haven't. The only trade we've seen is Derrick Rose, so it seems around the league everyone's kind of waiting for this break. Long winded answer. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, if I had to make a choice, I'd say a lineup change happens first because I think we saw Luke do it before, and and Buddy is just not. It's just, he's not having. He's having the worst year of his career, and we saw last year how bad he was playing. And the numbers don't lie. Like last year when he went to the bench, he became such a better player. He was he went from like a sixteen seventeen point score on like thirty percent shooting to twenty and four. Like it's just like he improved so much, and. 
Tyrese and De'Aaron, obviously, they play well off each other. And I know that people are worried about taking Tyrese out of the bench unit. But at this point, they've lost eight games in a row. Yeah, like, I mean, he's he's for sure not elevating the bench unit yeah. to, to anything special. So uh, I think I totally agree with what you're saying. I think uh, Buddy moving to the bench simplifies his role and it – it you know lets him know that at the very least just come in and get buckets dude like you're in for you're going to be in for 25 minutes or whatever come in look for your shot if you're hitting it because he's for sure not hitting it now so no. if he's starting and not hitting it or getting these major minutes and not hitting it it's just detri- well, it's more detrimental to the team because these are minutes that could be going you know even if it's four more minutes that could be going to DeQuan Jeffries you know that could be four better minutes which at this point if it's like Who's more deserving? You have to say Daquan's more deserving today, right now. Daquan, I'd rather I would rather have him in late than Buddy Heal because Buddy's most valuable asset is knocking down shots. Yeah, and he's not knocking down shots. No, he's for da- sure not. Daquan's not going to force. He's going to make smart plays. He plays defense. He's very active on defense. And you know what? His shooting actually has not been that bad either. Like no. he shot the hell out of the ball against Milwaukee, which I don't know if that was. Well, against Chicago, too. I mean, I don't know. He has just been shooting the ball well since he came back from his injury. And tonight, he only took one three, and he made it. So, uh, Buddy's biggest asset is not – we're not cashing in on it right now. So, it's kind of hard for me to look at that line tonight. 11 points, 3-9 from the field, uh, over th- almost 40 minutes. It's just that's not enough production for me. No, not at all. And, I mean, I think we've talked about it before in the past, like – he he's kind of trended a little better in terms of where he was uh almost taking threes solely you know he he was all of his shots were coming from three point and he's starting to kind of diversify his shots a little but even now he's only you know he's going 2 of 10 1 of 8 3 of 11 these are not like that's not helping the team if he's not hitting a shot like he needs he just can't be pulling like that no and we saw that one possession late in the game i think uh, James Harden was just toying with him. Oh, tonight, yeah. And just, just James Harden was just like, man. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was especially yeah, defensively, and, he's going to get exposed. Well, then Buddy tries to come down after that, and he popped that weird step back, kind of fadeaway 15-footer, which we never see him take those. That's, that's not the kind of player that he is. And um, it just it just didn't happen. Um, the Nets just waved Noah Vonley, Amon Shumpert, and Roberson. Wow. <laughs> the Kings did that, man. That's Bro, what happens. What? Like almost all those guys just played tonight. I don't yeah, know. That's pretty wild. For NBA like, NBA fans like the list. I mean, again, we're gonna be doing some NBA talk, like regular NBA talk on this podcast too. Because yes, listen, sir. talking about the Kings all the time is pretty exhausting. You all know that if you're a Kings fan. Um, but the guarantee. This is a good transition into into because it involves the Kings too. The the guarantee deadline's coming up. I believe it's on the 27th or 28th. Mm-hmm. And uh, you saw it with Demarcus Cousins on the Rockets. They. Tried, I don't know what they were thinking, though. They guaranteed his deal, and then they cut him loose. Um, Very strange. Strange. Maybe people say it was a respect move, but then others are like, no, I think that's just a stupid move. Whatever. Uh, but the Kings have – I don't know what if Hassan is the same date, but there's been some, some speculation that Glenn Robinson has not been around. He's currently not with the team, for those of you that don't know. He's not with the team. Uh, GR3 is away for personal matters, and today Luke Walton was asked by the media – uh, not me. I didn't ask that, but someone else did. Uh, if he was gone because the fact the team's gonna not guarantee his deal, and Luke's like, I have no, I have never, like, I have no knowledge of that. We don't. I don't believe we're planning on not doing that. He's like, I don't know. Uh, 
do you think GR3 comes back from this? Because no matter what, he has a quarantine for a week when he comes back. Like, at this point, is he probably gone? Yeah, I would get. I would guess that he's probably going to stay. I, I can't imagine he's really that. It's it would be that detrimental to keep him. I mean, I, I say that saying I think you know I would like to see, and this is a different conversation. I would like to see you know maybe Robert Woodard get those minutes instead of him. But uh, if I had to guess, I would say he was he was going to stay. He, he's a cheap well, option. I don't think he's played well enough to really get. You know any interest anywhere? Um, well, if you package you know, maybe him, maybe he gets waived or something. But yeah, I mean, if you're gonna waive him, you might as well waive him before it's guaranteed. Well, that's yeah. I, I and I would guess that they would rather keep him than waive. Him. I just I don't I don't think he's necessarily. Well, I think he. I mean, unless you feel like you can, I, I can't think off he, the top of my head any. He's a very likable player. Like as far as like I love like I love what he says and like what he brings. As far as like his uh, his personality and like the, he seems like he's a good leader in, in the in the locker room and. Uh, I think the guys probably enjoy having him around. I'm sure it's as simple as like they enjoy having. He's a good person. They just I don't know if he's been the right fit as a player, and I'm not really sure no, why. No, I he definitely came. would not say he's you know he's no. been the fit that you know he hasn't fit like a glove. For no, he, and he had a really he had a very good year last year with uh, yeah with Golden State and with Philly and Philly. He had 11 points a game, five boards, and he shot 39 percent from the three point line, and and uh, it just hasn't really happened here. Um, then again, they haven't given him the opportunities he had on those two teams, mm-hmm. but. Uh, he could make a difference for somebody else. It kind of makes me wonder why he came to Sacramento to begin with. Like, I wonder what – maybe he had nothing else out there. I don't know. But That, that would be my guess. Um, it's kind of puzzling for, for both those guys. Like, Hassan, who did not play tonight against uh, Brooklyn. Um, he didn't play much against them last time either because yeah. of matchup reasons. Nemanja didn't play tonight either. No. What we, getting we, some run. We probably at this point have seen – I mean, b- barring injury, we've seen the last of Nemanja. Yeah. Um, maybe Glenn – Maybe Hassan, the way things are going. I know the Lakers today said they had interest in – it was rumored the Lakers have interest in Hassan, and, and that might be something the Kings mm-hmm. just flipping for a second-round pick. Very interesting. Um, Lakers need some – they have some bad uh, depth at center because mm-hmm. Marcus Hull is not cutting it anymore. So um, interesting dates coming up, but next time we record, we'll, we'll know the answer to are they going to guarantee those deals. So And Jabari uh, as well, who got some run. Jabari got some run. Yeah, Jabari I think got some that was run. more of you know he's from Chicago, played against Chicago, played against the Bulls, and then he played against the, run, and then the Bucks, who he was, was drafted yeah, by. Exactly. Uh, I guess it was some of that. They gave him a homecoming tour, and and Jabari, it's just like I've heard from a source that he just doesn't really exercise or work out. And he's just not really in the best shape. That's the reason. Most of the reason why he came in and just hasn't really made that much of an impact. Just he has not made much of an impact because he is just not in shape. He just doesn't. He doesn't put the work in. That's just something I I I do have sauces. Multiple sauces. Got sauces. But that is that is something I have heard. All right. So. Look at that. So so take take that go. with. Uh... If people are wondering why isn't Jabari playing, and like you see him put in the work after the games, like it does seem like he does put that work in. Like he goes there and he's on the floor and all the media contingent is watching and he's he's putting the work in. But uh, are you suggesting something right now? <laughs> are you suggesting that this is maybe maybe, maybe a little showman? Maybe putting, showmanship. Maybe putting a little sh- maybe showcasing. Because I'll tell you what, all the journalists that were there, all the the writers that were there at the game when, when I was, like, they all put that video out and say, "Hey, he's look, looking good. He's out there working and he was knocking shots down." But he gets into the ball game and and uh, 
he had a couple of weird turnovers against like. I mean, yeah, Milwaukee. he looks like a guy who hasn't played basketball in a very yeah, long time. Yeah, and, that, and that's why I, I was reading and what I thought too is like he just got ripped in the post by, um, I think Middleton just literally just took the ball from mm-hmm. him and just wrestled it, wrestled it yeah. away from him. Um, hopefully he finds somewhere else and plays because it is sad. I was a big fan of Jabari when he was at Duke. Big time. Um, I was a big fan of, I remember he was going to pick between uh, going on a mission because um, he's from the Mormon church. He was either going to go on a mission or go to Duke. And I was really hoping he'd go to Duke because I wanted him to play basketball. So, uh, yeah, Jabari got in the game. Uh, he was one of, like the last players, maybe in the league, that had been on a roster the whole year and not seen one second of action. Yeah. So, um, that's pretty much it as far as like the people that could be. You know, those roster decisions are coming up the next week. Um, do you want to talk about Marvin? And how well he's played? Yeah. Yes, I would love to. Uh, because that's actually been so, – I feel like I've been – you've been the one who's been pretty complimentary of Marvin throughout the show. And I feel like I've been, you know, Mr. Skeptic. A little and, down on him. Know, yeah. Just, I've, I always like to nitpick something. It's, it's, he's never good enough for me. and I'm so, I, well, I'd like to hear at this moment – You think he's not we, good enough we for you? Have, we now have this grand stage. I would like to – I know. Yeah, that's true. King, King yeah, social that's media. Very like, good point. Marvin's not good enough. Marvin's very not good, good enough for anybody. Yes, like that's, that's a very good point. Mar- yeah, Marvin can never do do well enough. I swear he could drop forty tomorrow, and they'd still be like, "Well, Lucas dropped forty yeah. ten times." So okay, whatever. But please, I'd love to I hear you talk some Anyways, talk I, some <laughs> positive uh, positive notes on Marvin. No, man. I mean, he's looked good. Like, there's he's. I don't even know where I want to start. I'm gonna say it's great. Borderline, he is. A good NBA player, like no, not yet, but like there, he's he's leaning. I'm trying to pick my words so carefully because I don't I don't want to. This is new territory for me. It I'm is. very scared. Chris is, I'm it, very scared. If you right listen now. to this podcast before, you will know that Chris does not Tip-toeing. give compliments about Marvin Bagley <laughs> out like this, or in general, really, or in general. Chris is a tough man to please. Sorry. So uh, no, I mean, like he's just he's clearly getting better. I mean, he's. Defensively, he's not looking lost, and he's taking charges now. He's contesting at the rim. His his energy is there. Um, he he just looks more confident. He looks like he he's playing within the game and not forcing things. I think we talked a lot early in the year about how it you could very much tell like he was a ball stopper. I mean, plain and simple. Like the ball would get to him, and it was very much like, all right, now it's Marvin's time to go. Yeah. And now we're seeing a lot more. He's getting some corner threes that are obviously, and you know, just coming off the flow of the game. Uh, his post moves aren't, you know, Marvin gets the ball, Marvin pounds it in, does a move, does a spin, whatever. It's all really fast. It's fluid. He's passing it out of double teams. He's passing it out of you know when he doesn't have a shot in the post. Um, just little thing, you know. He's he's just not becoming a waste anymore i mean that's very well, that's very very tough i shouldn't say that but he's not you know he's he's just not uh messing up he's, he's not make, messing up as much as he he's wants. making the smart he's, move exactly uh because we were progressing the game against golden state was like a very very Early like in the season where they got blown out yeah that was like an oh beep we can't cut curse some words anymore yeah because we're yeah, we'll have to look at the FCC you know. regulations on what, what we can and can't say. You can put beep sounds in sometimes, too. Look at that. Actually, look at that. That's probably what we'll do. You put beep sounds in because I, I would – maybe not today. I don't want to have to do more work than we have to do. No. But um, it was like an OS word moment when <laughs> – God, really, elementary. Uh, when I watched him play against Golden State 
a while ago we lost by 30 and that was like the first like the sky is falling moment of the year when when Marvin's dad the Marvin Dadley incident yes uh and he would just get the ball in the post multiple times that game and just be like the other four guys around do not matter I'm do going up with this like no matter what and it was his worst game of his career arguably um and where he is comparing that to where he is now is night and day, and we we've seen tonight how he had an, another double double. That's his third and four games. Yep. Uh, Something that should happen all the time, frankly. I mean, with his ability. Yeah, and and he, he's showing it, and he also that comes with playing more. And, and Luke was very maybe to protect him from injury, and he did just come off an injury again. But uh, he wasn't playing more than like twenty four, twenty five minutes per game, and and as of late, he's he's playing in the fourth quarter. That might have also had to do with the fact that Rashawn was out, but. Playing in the fourth quarter, he's playing over 30 minutes per game over the past couple, um, I'd say four or five games, and uh, he's knocking down his shots, too. Like, he looks very confident, and in, in f- that jump shot looks a lot different, and I can't remember which one of the Kings Herald guys tweeted it, but it's like, you know what, at this point, I expect it to go in. When he takes a corner three, like, I expect it to go in, and I do, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of like, it's kind of crazy to have that thought in my head that when he takes a corner three, I'm like, oh, I feel good about the shot. Mm-hmm. And like, you can already start see him start to move to the wing yeah. too. I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how I exactly feel about that because a wing three is a completely different situation than a corner three. But you know, he he's showing that he might have a lot to show in his game, which is uh, not something I thought I would be down for. I thought you know. I don't know. Like, and that's another thing too. And it, I think an interesting conversation is what's the player that we want Marvin Bagley to be? You know, like, do we want him to? You know, obviously Joel Embiid is more like Dikembe Mutombo with offense. You know, he's definitely more defensive centered. But you know, Marvin, I, I just I don't know what the model for him is. Well, I'll say so far as I've heard Chris Bosh, of course, but he's been crazy consistent though. The first three, I mean, last year he barely played, but he's been a fourteen and seven type of player, and I like him to be a little bit more than that. If he's a little bit more than that, I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's like seventeen and eight, like with with the ability to get out there and get you thirty sometimes, for sure, yeah, that's all I can really ask for. I'm not going to ask for a, a, a perennial all star. He does have, like, the talent, though, like, where maybe he could sink into an all-star game at some point. Again, he's only 21 years old, and uh, he's putting up double-doubles seemingly at a pretty easy pace right now because he's healthy. This is, like, what what healthy Marvin Bagley looks like to me. And, and uh, the fact that he's going to develop that shot, and you can see it when you're looking at his box score or his, uh, his stats, 31% from the three-point line his rookie year, 18% last year in a limited sample size and then this year he's almost 40 percent and uh you know he's not taking one shot per game from the three-point line he's averaging three takes per game so um i'm very excited with with the progress and i I hope people out there are too like he isn't luka Doncic. he's never going to be and people need to like move on from that because again it comes to a point where he did not ask the Kings to draft him. He probably asked them not to. Like, mm-hmm. it's not his fault. If he got drafted, like, eighth or ninth overall, I just don't know if this would be – I mean, he'd be, like, a good player. People think, oh, he's solid. Like, he's, well, he's coming up. Why can't you compare him to DeAndre Ayton? I mean, I'll look at De- – I'm sure DeAndre Ayton right now, I haven't looked at his stats in, I'll say, like, a couple weeks yeah, or so. But get- if I'm not mistaken, he's at, like, 14 and 12, which, yeah, he's at 13 and 12. Which is good. That's really good. 14 and 12, pretty much. That's great. 13 and 9 and 11.9. That's great. Um, which, yeah, is is great. He was the number one pick. Marvin was the number two pick. Marvin's at 
which fourteen and eight. He's like a couple boards behind him. So seems like they're right on similar trajectories to be whatever they're going to be. Yeah, um, and by no means are busts. No, that's what I would say. Um, confidently, people I mean, are, for sure. Yeah, you cannot call Marvin a bust because when he plays, he plays very well. Yeah, he's not Michael Ovalakandy was a bust. No, like that fool was the number one pick. He's not ashamed like, to be. Kwame Brown, name your player. Yeah. He's not ashamed to beat. No. Like, when he plays, he plays very well. And, like, the way he's been playing over the past, I'm sorry, this whole season, really, I, I know the beginning was rough for him, but he has had a good year. Like, it's gotten better and better and better. And, like, it was very, very rough at the beginning around that Golden State game. And then ever since then, though, I swear, I mean, I'm not, I could pull up the numbers, but uh, I think we're going to get into him later again, too, because we have some yeah. awards coming up, which will be yeah, fun. For sure. Um, so we'll get back to Marvin. Uh, last thing before we take a little break here. Um, yeah, we have some Tyrese Halliburton talk, but we can probably save that for the yeah. We can save too. that for later. Uh, there's been some speculation going on around Kingsland. Uh, I tonight might have swayed me towards the opposite. What I was thinking a few minutes ago, or a, a few nights ago, rather, uh, is De'Aaron Fox playing hurt? That's been a very widely speculated possibility. That oh, the reason why his production has dropped off so far. Uh, he obviously has played hurt. We know he played hurt over the past two years, uh, multiple times. Last year we saw his neck. He had the tape on it, his wrist. Um, he had the knee problems. He had an ankle problem a year ago. He does what he can to play, though. He's not an injury-prone player because injury-prone players do not play. De'Aaron Fox plays. Try and say that five times fast. <laughs> injury-prone player. Injury, no, I can't. Every injury-prone player can't play. Or... Injury-prone player can't play. De'Aaron is not injury prone because I had a friend that's a Lakers fan that tried to tell me that De'Aaron, like, he doesn't play, though. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? De'Aaron last year missed 20 games because he had a grade. Was it grade three or grade two? It was like, the, it was grade three, I think. You're talking about his, his ankle. His ankle sprain. Ankle, yeah. It was the highest that you can get next to tearing ligaments in your ankle, I believe. Because um, it's actually a partial tear of, his, of the ligaments in his ankle. Not a doctor. I he missed, but he, he missed, he missed 20 games last year. Uh, year before that, he missed one. Year before that, he missed eight. This year, he's played in every single game except for one. So, how can you tell me he's injury prone? No, I, I, I would completely no reject that. You can't. You can't. No, you should not say that. Like, <laughs> it will be fade on site if you say De'Aaron Fox is injury prone. No, you can't. And, I will uh, injure you, bro. Like straight up. Damn, that's a threat. <laughs> Um, no, I was but, looking here at De'Aaron's numbers since he came back from uh, – what was it? He missed with a – was he, it a hamstring, what they say, left for the Orlando game, why he didn't play? Yeah, he left the Orlando game because of uh, – it was a knee contusion. So it was a bruise. It was a bruise. So he bruise. had that hamstring pull against Chicago, which was, like, very scary because right. he, like, came right out of the game, like, went into the tunnel, which we saw De'Aaron do that against uh, Minnesota last year. I remember the game at mm-hmm. home. He hurt his back, and he literally like went. That's always like, the scariest thing when they go right into a tunnel. It scares the yeah. hell out of me because it's like, it's just like wow. They're like, I need to get evaluated. Yeah, now now. It's not like yeah, like now. It's not like oh, I'm gonna walk it off and like ah, like, man, don't have it. I guess I better go back. It's like okay, bye, right to the tunnel. And he pulled one of those uh, this year and last year. And, and uh, last year he missed a couple games. This year didn't happen. He uh, pulled his hamstring in Chicago. Came right back the next game and went on that crazy tear, which people wanted to make the All Star game after that uh, that crazy run he went on. Um, one knee contusion, no big deal. Came back and came back and has 
just been a completely different player. Uh, it's like I, the numbers are still good, but there's not I'm what they at were them before. Right now. I mean, since since the Orlando game, not including tonight, I should say, um, because I'm on basketball reference and they don't have tonight's game up yet. Um, so that would be Memphis, Brooklyn, Miami, Chicago, and Milwaukee games. 17 points a game, uh, nine assists, which is great, but that also, if I had to play devil's ad- advocate, would say he's probably deferring more, so he may be injured. Uh, 41% from the field, 21% from three. Yeah, the shot has fallen off. That's the biggest Also drop off. 65% from the free throw line, which... That's been battle. I mean, De'Aaron, like, I don't mean to, you know, harp oh, on you too much. Your boundaries. But, <laughs> but uh, you said you were going to pay attention to that on, on Zach Lowe's podcast. And I don't want to call you a liar, my guy, but... Well, there was one point against uh, Milwaukee, or was it maybe before then? No, it was against Chicago. He missed all three free throw, like free, uh, excuse me, free throw attempts. He missed all three, getting fouled, taking a three, and it made me sick to my stomach to watch. Um, that's got to get figured out. Like that, that main reason, like while that number is seventeen and not over twenty, is the free throws. Like it's simple as that. So he has had a pretty good stretch. He had twenty three and nine. I mean, like even the games he didn't score a lot, he had a double double in. Like he. He only scored under 19, uh, 19 points twice over the past five, six games. And in those games, he scored underneath 19 points. He had a double-double. He had 10 assists in each game. So um, The drop-off is significant in the shooting category. I don't know if he's actually that hurt because tonight he looked pretty um, he looked pretty healthy tonight, if I say so. Yeah. Like The harsh step-backs, like that puts a lot of torque on your legs and your knees and and ankles, so if those are feeling good, I think he's feeling good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if he's out there playing, he's he's feeling good, and he's got to be ready to to put up those stats. And you know, even if he's at ninety percent, if, if he's able to put up twenty seven and nine, like he or was he? Did he have nine assists yeah. tonight? Yeah, twenty seven and nine, like uh, twenty seven and eight, while ninety percent. Then you know, yeah, tonight was, <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take it. Tonight was like tonight, tonight was, was definitely the that night was regular. Where it's like, yeah, like this is I'm still able to get to this. But I had this as, as a note coming into today because his shot was also falling. I mean, he took he was especially taking, you know down the stretch there. He we, took a couple kept step saying backs no. and yeah, you guys just yeah, there was a lot of no, 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 no. Oh, it's like oh, I still like it. I still don't like it. But so that okay. definitely helps, and you know that makes the numbers look a lot better. But yeah, tonight was a he made him. It was a regular De'Aaron stat line tonight. Uh, I still wanted to ask because coming into today, he wasn't putting up 27 points, and he hadn't done that yet since a couple weeks ago. So No, and he doesn't look like how Tyrese looks like the mummy now, how he has like that bandage on his chest, and he's got yeah. that thing going I down wonder, his arm. It's I wonder what like, that is a tie. Like, I don't know if uh, anyone's ever asked about that. I feel like maybe I should. I literally know nothing about the world of Tate. I always assume like if you got sleeves on, all that, I mean, yeah. unless you have like a real brace on, it's kind of all just decorative. Um, so basically that should probably do it, uh, for the players. Yeah. Anything else? No, I think, uh, I think that's good. We got some good stuff on the, on the back, back end. The back nine. Yep. Golf. Ooh, back nine. I like it. We're going to take a break here. Okay. Taking a break. All right. Before we get to our, uh, our awards segment, uh, you wanted to talk a little bit about... Vanilla Coach wafers. <laughs> Do you like the cookie? Vanilla? I thought that was I thought that was your nickname for him. Uh, and okay. I was like, whoa, man. <laughs> what is what did what did KG call uh, Carmelo Honey Nut Cheerio? No, he did not call he Carmelo. Called, oh, he, he did not call he, Carmelo he, he, Honey Nut Cheerio. He, he said 
your wife tastes like in Nigeria. Nigeria. <laughs> okay, uh, no, uh, sorry, I saw an, yeah, I saw an ad. Wild. I saw an ad for vanilla wafers, so <laughs> I just wanted to ask if you like those or not. No, no. Uh, well, actually, I'm not, I'm a big fan. Actually, you really? Yeah, vanilla wafers. Yeah, yeah. Are oh, they yeah. vanilla or vanilla? I believe they're vanilla. I think vanilla is the company. I got we got a bunch of uh, I can't cuss a bunch of you know last week because I didn't know what twenty three and me was and like a bunch of people reached out to me and they're like really? you're an what idiot <laughs> yeah I still don't know what it's, it is it like it just finds I guess it goes like through your heritage and like finds out I don't know I don't know still I don't know so call me an idiot again yeah I was like I don't know why that makes you an idiot for not knowing what I literally I got is. called I quote an idiot so. Are you I will, sure not, I will not name. A couple people reached out to me about it. So anyway, anyways, anyway, uh, <laughs> point is, point is, uh, uh, people are look, <laughs> people are asking uh, for Luke Walton's head. I've gotten, essentially, I've gotten bombarded on, and I'm always open. Like I can't really. This is I'm the not, blessing and a curse. Frank, I'm not going to openly of being Mr. King's Twitter. I'm not going to openly like yeah, talk about this stuff on social media. And like I don't know. I just you know you never know who's watching. And like I'm not trying to get in trouble. So, um, but I've had an overwhelming amount of people on Facebook and every app, every single one saying the, basically what's going to solve the Kings being so horrible is if they fire Luke Walton. And I just want to know what you think, because I think, okay, we fire Luke Walton. Now what? Like... That's my question. Is that going to make the Kings de- better? Like, I, I, I just don't. I don't think that's really. How many head coaches have we had over the past fifteen years? Like, isn't there a point where it it doesn't come down to who the it just is who? Because again, we we saw we've seen Steve Kerr. I mean, I think Steve Kerr is a good coach, but it's like he. I think you could have put Luke Walton. A, he literally coached for like a twenty-four and one. That's a bad example. That's a bad example. My point is, actually, it's a good example because look, Luke Walton. Anyone could have coached that team, and they would have done fine. They would have been a good team. If you put in Phil Jackson on the Kings, if you put Phil Jackson on the Kings from like nineteen ninety four, ninety five, do the Kings become a good team? Through that, you're saying in the ninety in the eighties. If you if you go in a time machine, you get Phil Jackson, you put him okay. on this Kings team. Say hey, put him on this Kings. Yeah, team. you don't get to go back unless this Kings team makes the playoffs. Does Phil, <laughs> oh, does, does, does Phil get stuck here? Oh man, man, oh man. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yeah. I mean, I guess I see what you're saying, but I. I so to answer your question. I mean, yeah, I, I I fall right next to you. I fall in line with you. I think uh, there's not, you know, if if Rex Kleiman is the coach or if, if or Clamey, whatever his name is, if Rex becomes the coach or if uh, um, Alvin Gentry becomes the coach, it's not like they're going to implement some, you know, life-changing offense or scheme, whatever, defensive scheme that is going to, fix the king's woes yeah. and they're gonna know marvin what you should have been doing this whole time and i didn't tell you this because i wasn't the head coach and luke was the head coach and i yeah, i was the, waiting for my chance to tell you this the map but you actually were supposed to be sliding <laughs> over to the other block this whole time yeah a map to like a buried treasure that yeah. is the king's being successful like alvin gentry isn't holding that no. and like and neither is rex like this team it's rooted deeper than that and, and of course people could say oh firing luke is the first step 
It's like, well, well, what, 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 is, what is firing him right now again? Like, I, mean, I think also people shouldn't get these conversations confused. We're not saying Luke Walton needs to be the Kings coach of the future beyond this season. No, even. I'm definitely not saying We're that. just saying there's no benefit in firing him today or tomorrow or in two weeks. Until the season's over. Or until the season's over. Uh, just, I mean, if you, if the only thing it does is like it embarrasses him and it is a public admonishment of like, you are doing so poorly that we just cannot like there's, you are actively making our foundation worse, which I mean, we've talked about, uh, we just talked about how much better Marvin has gotten just this season. We've seen Kings teams be very stagnant and no one get better or people, you know, get better incrementally. I think pretty much across the board, every, I mean, we've seen the improvement from Rashawn Holmes in his time with the Kings. A lot of people have gotten a lot better in their time. And, you know, you know, Dave Yeager for sure gets a lot of credit for, for the early development of De'Aaron, but you know, Tyrese this season hasn't been bogged down by Luke. You know, Luke hasn't no. restricted him from being great. That's not an interesting question. Like as far as like coaching goes, do you think Dave Yeager's playing Tyrese Halliburton thirty minutes plus thirty no. plus minutes oh, a game? No, no, oh no. <laughs> Dave Yeager's saying, <laughs> "Come here, oh, man. take a seat right yeah. next to me, Kojo. It's your time to shine, buddy. Oh, you're, you're, Kojo's getting that thirty. Yeah. Um. So I, I mean, and I know Kojo didn't play for Yeager. Just want yeah. to clarify that. I'm just saying if. Dave Yeager was coach right now. Dave's not playing the young guys in the no. fourth quarter. That's no. not that's a non-starter. Like he's just not doing that. It was a problem with Marvin and people. It was a problem with De'Aaron. It was How a problem long with did it take De'Aaron to play in his rookie season Vladdy, over George Hill? Vladdy had to literally move. It's like a money ball. Like when yeah, oh yeah, uh, I'm playing. I'm playing Pena. Like, yeah, he's like, it's like no, he's not. No, not. <laughs> he's in Detroit. Yeah. It's like I bet Vladdy went down. I was like, I traded George Hill. He's gone. Out. Yeah. Gone. And that's how it worked. That was kind of a half, a half body impression. If I had a cigarette, I could do the full thing. Um, <laughs> it's uh, I, I really think though that firing Luke Walton is—it's not the answer to all of our problems. And I wish people would stop like prefacing that as like, oh, it's going to solve everything if he's gone because the team has roster issues. Shocker, they have for 15 yeah. years, and it, they still do. They, it doesn't work. Uh, it's it's hard to find a roster that works. It really is. I know people can kind of trip and fall into a playoff series every once in a while, and we haven't been able to do it. It's astounding to me, too. It really is. But uh, Luke Walton is not a great coach. I do think there's going to be a coaching change, like, for sure, before next year at this rate, if things keep going the way they're going. Um, but also, how many head coaches have the Kings fired and paid for years after they're gone? Like, we just stopped paying Dave, I think, last year. We paid George, George Carl, Carl before that. a year ago or a year Mike and a half Malone ago. Mike Malone before that. Yeah, we've been double-paying coaches. Corbin, I think, even got yeah. a guaranteed deal. We've been double-paying coaches for, I mean, I don't think there's been one year we're paying one head coach. No. Maybe until this year. Maybe this is the first one. I think that's right. Over I the past, like, seven years. Right. Yeah. So, as far as finance. I completely agree with you. No, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I don't, I don't think it really changes much. Is Luke elevating this team? No. I wouldn't say so. I'm not no. defending that either. But, um, you know, I and this is by no means an excuse, but it happens with other teams too. I say all the time, every time, I, and, you know, New Orleans is playing better, but if do the Kings have as promising of talent as New Orleans has? I mean, New Orleans has Steven Adams, who's an established playoff big man, though, you know, he gets taken. Whatever. He, he's, a very, he's a playoff team's big man. He's been in the past. Uh, Eric Bledsoe. 
you know, Zion Williamson, who's the number one pick, Brandon Ingram, who's a former number two pick, Lonzo, who's a former number two pick, uh, Josh Hart, who's a great young player. The Kings, though, I'm at the best, you can say it's comparable. And the Pelicans are in in a, almost an exact same situation as the Kings. Again, not that it's an excuse or that it makes it any better for us, but I'm just saying, like, it's hard, especially, and it seems like it's really hard to do when you're building around young guys for whatever reason. I mean, you know, Zion and Brandon Ingram are as good as it gets when it comes to young talent, and, you know, it's it's not just about those two guys. It's about everybody, and yeah. if you don't have the overall talent around and if you have a Stan Van Gundy or a Luke Walton who's not coaching your team up to, you know, like how a Rick Carlisle does, you know, we see that the Mavericks have the number one offense in the league um, are, are trending that way again. Uh, you know, they don't have those kind of guys. And there's a reason why those kind of guys stay with their teams for a very long time. There's yeah. a reason why Eric Spolstra isn't on the market. And there's a reason why we're the Kings and, and uh, yes, sir. So, yep. um, I mean, and yeah, you see what the – what the Timberwolves are going through right now. Yeah. They just fired Ryan Saunders in the middle of the season. They randomly they're, hire some Toronto assistant. They're and, in a similar spot. They made the playoffs a year, a couple of years. They, they, ended, made the, they made the playoffs the year that they sold out and traded for Jimmy. That's right. Jimmy and was that, that They team. had Tibbs, and, and that ended, they made the playoffs. They ended their streak. They had a longer streak but than we did at that time. I would almost argue that's that for us. I mean, that's what I was pretty much saying a couple of weeks ago on the show where it's like, okay, you break the streak. You say you break, you know, you say you break the streak just to say you break it. That doesn't mean all of a sudden, like, the juju is now good and you have figured things out as a franchise. Like, the Timberwolves made the playoffs that one season. It was great. Congratulations. Whatever. You sold out for that one season. Was it worth it? Was Dan say or no? I've I've done it, but at what cost? At what cost? Everything. 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 Uh, yeah, I'm not really looking to make a Thanos type of, of trade here. No, so. and I think uh, I've heard a lot of people, especially since with all this losing going on, have pretty much been like, I am now 100% in on yeah, the sell. Perfect transition, once again, uh, into the last question before we get into awards is we've asked each other every week, uh, what side of the fence are we on as far as trade or sell? I can say, like, I'm not going to change my mind at this point. I'm fully into uh, – and it's going to hurt, and I really do enjoy, like, the, 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 the high – like, most of the positives, but there's more there's more um, pros in trading them than not. But I'm fully on the let's trade Harrison and Buddy uh, train. I'm fully – Yeah. Full steam ahead. I am full steam ahead. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. Let's go. Um, trade everybody. I, I, That's not Tyrese, De'Aaron – uh, Tyrese, De'Aaron, Marvin, and probably DeQuan. I mean, or Robert Woodard. I like this. I mean, but there's an obvious answer to the question I'm about Sean. to ask. But like, would you be willing to move those pieces, even if it's a little slightly below what we all probably feel is market value? Yeah, because I really like. Would you do you think it's necessary to move them just for the the cap relief? Yeah, or just for the 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 uh, narrative base? I don't even know what I really want to say, but just for the the optics, I guess, of, of like a franchise pointing, you know, just to read direct, yeah. I guess. I don't no, know. I you know really am. what I'm saying? Buddy, I think it's going to hurt because Buddy's going to go somewhere. And like, he's really going to do well. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's going to put up those. Depending on where he goes, for I think sure. He, I think he will. He, he is just too talented, like, to keep struggling this way. It's just, I think Tyrese Halliburton is such a, like, I cannot remember a rookie that's come in as far as I've been a fan of the Kings. It's been this. Like, Tyreek was really, like, very, very good, but. Tyreek was a different type of player too. Like this guy is like, just 
unbelievable, and yeah. he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the starting two guard probably next year, whether Buddy's here or not. Yeah. And uh, he's the future, and that just kind of outweighs it. You free up $24 million, $20 million, and uh, I trust what Monty McNair has been doing with the front office so far. I think he knows what he's doing, and he's smart, and he's knowledgeable. And he could turn that $20 million into maybe two really good players, like in free agency or, or trade down the down the road. Um he could turn that twenty million into a lot of different things that are really exciting, and, and if you turn that twenty into forty, if you can move HB too, um, and there's not many small forwards that there we can get realistically that are better than HB, no. which is why if I, have I would to, say there's none. If I have to choose one that I'd like to move, it'd be Buddy, and I'd be cool with keeping mm-hmm. HB too. But uh, I don't see any scenario now where you can't at least move one. One of them, like yeah. one has I to agree. be moved. I definitely agree. So uh, I think, uh, no, I think I know I'm fully on that that bandwagon now. Um, I'm okay with if either one gets traded, I'm fine with it. I prefer it be Buddy because I'd rather keep HB. Um, but like we talked about, this team firing Luke Walton isn't going to isn't going to resolve anything right now. But if you want to change some roster pieces around, that can change the the outlook and the dynamic of how this team works and how it runs. Because right now, you have the players you have, you have the rotations you have. Uh, switching it up and throwing Jabari Jabari in or someone we already have in for. Bigger minutes isn't going to help either. I don't think they would have done it already. So, um, new faces, new new players, new names, and and just a new outlook on the whole roster is what's needed. What's needed. So that's where I kind of stand right now. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I like it a lot. Do we want to move into our award section now? Are you 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 all clear on trades? Um, yeah. And then the last thing was I think Nemanja's played his last game as a king, but that's yeah. He probably gets fit into uh, a package with the, with one of those guys. Yeah, I guess right. Yeah, I don't if, think he gets his own if, deal. If HB is okay and he played thirty seven minutes tonight and scored eighteen points, he looked like he felt okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rashawn took a bad step. I'm assuming he's okay. Like uh, I haven't looked. I didn't do the post game uh, stuff tonight, so I don't know what the quotes were. But I'm assuming he's okay. But if if those guys are healthy. There's no avenue for him to get back on the floor again. And he looked really good. He did. He looked really good. Um, Probably that's probably it for him, but that's it for sure. Um, all right, well, it's time to get f- to our favorite part of the week. Uh, we do this every episode. We'll try and do it every episode. Uh, it is our King of the Week and our Coke Machine of the Week. King of the Week obviously is our award for the best uh, player for the Kings of the Week, and our Coke Machine of the Week is. In, uh, I was almost said immemorial, but that would mean that he's Jeez. dead. <laughs> getting, getting really dark here. Uh, it is in reference to, uh, <laughs> I almost called him Carl George, um, George Carl, uh, saying that even a Coke machine could get, what is it, play 20 minutes and get a rebound. He could go out there and get a couple rebounds. That's in reference to uh, Derek Williams. Yeah. You can get, you can find the full quote on Google. Just type in George Carl Coke machine. and Yep. And, uh, Felt the need to reestablish that. Be amazing. Reestablish that for Yeah, new, but we, it's our awards we do. We have a lot of fun with them. King of the Week, Coke Machine of the Week. Um, tends you, to be Kojo. Uh, tends to be our Coke yeah, Machine Yeah, I'm week trying to us. not go at Kojo <laughs> yeah. too much. Like, I really just, I really feel bad. And uh, I know it's not his fault. Yep. So. And so, without further ado, let's get uh, to our King of the Week. I hope the world can see now what's really going on out here. Because it's getting ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. Do you want to go first? Should I go first? I think I always go first. You okay. Go, you go All first. All right. I'll go first. Uh, I'm going to go first, and I'm going to do your king of the week of last week, uh, someone who we've talked a- actually quite a bit about in this episode, 
Mr. Marvin Bagley, who has, again, I have nothing but great things to say. Um, in his past five games uh, since coming back after after Memphis, he's put up 19, 19, 26, 12, and then 12 again tonight, putting up double-doubles routinely. We mentioned uh, his three-point shots looking great. He's playing more in the flow of offense, and we're seeing him play in the fourth quarter, which is not something that uh, that we saw in the early parts of this season. He played the whole fourth quarter against uh, who was that again? Not Milwaukee. Played thirty five minutes against Chicago, which was Chicago. Yeah. Played the whole. That was the game where he was supposed to be on a minutes restriction, and it was ar- like arguably the best like game of his career. Um, and Walton just said, like, you know, what, just keep going. Like, I'm going to let you blow through that uh, that minute restriction. So, Marvin. Playing very well. I like the pick. I think we were kind of going back and forth over who we were going to pick, and um, he's my runner-up for sure. Yeah, but. the thing that I like the most also, Marvin has been absolutely horrible from the free-throw line this season. Um, that same benchmark since since the uh, Memphis game after he came back, uh, he has been great from the free-throw line. He was 50% tonight and 50% um, from the line in the Miami game, but... Other than that, he's been hitting his free throws. He was 4-5 against Brooklyn, 5-5 five five in that game against Chicago. Um, that, would, I mean, that, that, I think, could be another way for, for Marvin to get up to, like we were saying earlier, up to that 18 points a game mark. If he can start hitting some free throws and hit one-and-a-half threes a game, obviously he can't hit a three a game, but half a three a game, but if he can hit one to two threes a game, um, that's the kind of stuff that we'll see Marvin's numbers get to where we, we would uh, hope to see him. Yeah. So great, great stuff out of Marvin. Uh, I think you said it earlier. This is the kind of player that I think Marvin Bagley, a healthy Marvin Bagley is. Yeah, if he if this is who he is, even like for his whole career, I'd be totally fine with that. Like if we have De'Aaron and Tyrese playing the way they are and maybe we find one more big piece, that's kind of, I think, what we're looking for. Um, if Marvin Bagley is a double-double threat and he's a 20-point you know, threat as well, like he has been the past week and a half, two weeks. I'm totally fine with that. So, yes, sir. He has not been doing many things wrong. Uh, even tonight, two blocks against uh, a tough Brooklyn team. Playing defense, it's it's noticeable. Uh, good for Marvin. Good for Marvin. Good for and, Marvin. Uh, also, big ups again. I mentioned his defense, but just you know, he he was like very, very almost unplayable defensively earlier in the season, especially uh, like all of his advanced numbers and stuff and. It slowly, slowly, slowly started to creep back up to just like, all right, he is he is like a a, a neutral, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, a net totally, neutral. Totally agree. Net neutral. Is that a? Is that, that neutral? A, I believe that means like you know like you're you you balance you, your. I thought you were going into socks again. I thought it was. Oh more no, no, I was. Just, I think that's just a general term of like you meet in the middle. Okay, your good and your bad. Okay, equals cool. like a net zero. Once again, I'm an idiot. So. Uh, I wouldn't use that term. Well, I mean, you're being kind. My king of the week is... A genius. Yes. A basketball genius. Yes, which you put out today, and it was a very good, very (laughs) great observation, because I believe he is, Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton has been... We've been very impressed already this year, but I know he had that one kind of rough game against Miami, and since that game... Uh, the past three games, you look at his numbers. He went 16 points, five assists. He was he was pretty big against Chicago late. Uh, against Milwaukee, he had a, I thought was the best game of his career until tonight. Uh, On town, 23 points against uh, Milwaukee, five boards, eight assists, two steals in the block, and then you look at tonight, 23 points off the bench because he only comes off the bench. 
nine assists, five rebounds, three steals, a block. I mean, what more can you want from him? He's doing it all. Uh, four threes tonight. He's arguably, I don't think arguably, I mean, as far as percentages go, I think he's the best three-point shooter on the team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 44%. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So that's got to be among the league leaders. So uh, Tyrese, I don't know if he'll be rookie of the year. I think people are too big on the LaMelo ball train, which is kind of a bummer. Um but it makes sense, I guess, because Lamelo has been really good this year. But uh, Ty is going to be first team All Rookie. He's arguably like the most talented player on our team as far as all around talent. Uh, I think we talked about the, the question tonight. What is is it too like far fetched to question like is Tyrese going to be like our franchise player like in the next year or two? Oh yeah, like, like yeah. Do you think it's it's too wild to think that? You know, we we obviously have viewed De'Aaron Fox as our franchise player, our number one, our 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 franchise player. And yeah. uh, is it crazy to think that maybe it's Tyrese? No, if he's playing this way, I don't think it's too much of a, a crazy idea. Like, look at the numbers he's putting up right this year. It's just I do not recall a, a rookie on the Kings that is has played this way. Uh, he's almost like at thirteen in, in six per, a game, like thirteen points. Six assists, like that's kind of like what Mike Conley was doing. Like a couple, I mean, I don't think he's, this year Conley's having a great year, but uh, actually, no, Conley sixteen points a game and in three rebounds and five assists. I mean, that's last year Conley was fourteen and four on a good. I mean, it's kind of like that that player you know you're going to get every night. But with Tyrese, we don't know what we're going to get every night. Like that's the beauty of it. He comes out and puts up a ten point ten assist double double like he did a couple of games ago, and then. Tonight just drops twenty three and nine, like shows he can take over offensively and scores eighteen and one half. And um, he's twenty years old. I don't really know how, like, what his ceiling is. Like, who would you compare him to, like, skill wise in the NBA? Yeah, that's been my real struggle, and I've been trying to figure it out. But I, I don't either. I just can't figure it out yet. It's like at first it was kind almost, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure someone out there can compare him to somebody. But um, he's my my uh, king of the week. And I'm really happy with how he's playing. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, do you want to lead us? Do you want to go back to back? And uh, oh no, actually, I think we have the same do same we? Coke machine of the week. We're not hitting. We're not hitting Kojo, right? No. Okay. Chris did a shooting motion, so we are in unison. <laughs> so <laughs> I wonder who that could be. It wasn't Kojo. No, it's definitely not Kojo. <laughs> if I'm doing the shooting, uh, shooting the ball at you, um, uh, it's mine. Was Buddy? Well, Hill. but to say we have to play the noise. Our 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 king of the week. Or our sorry, our coke, our, machine, coke machine, our coke machine of the week. I'm actually gonna have to get on the phone with legal because it might have to end up being the cola machine of the week. The cola machine? I don't know. I mean, okay. I, don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know nothing about laws. Uh, yeah, we might have to look into that. Like, as far as <laughs> now, that, like we're a part of like an actual yeah. like company. Can we say that? Well, I mean, George Carl said it. Did they come for him? These are great questions. I know I don't probably sue not, us. but yeah, pretty much Coke don't sue us. I'm, um, a, I'm a Pepsi man though, so whoa, sorry. Uh, Buddy healed. Buddy healed. You're not is safe. This my week. cola machine <laughs> player of the week, <laughs> or not player of the week, cola machine of the week. And I, I mixed it up too. Uh, We're running out of steam. Yeah, I'm sorry. What's well, late? It feels like it's like 10:30 p.m. right now. It is 8:30. It's 8:30. It, usually we record after. Um, when we record after a game, it's like eleven o'clock, and I'm just—I think we're in this room. It just kind of, yeah, it just feels drains us. Late. I mean, it's all blacked out, and there's no windows in here. There are so. no windows in here, and uh, there's also a Valentine's Day cup, that movie that came out in 2008 that I'm always staring at. So 
Um, 2010 it came out. Okay. Well, either way, I was, like, really young, so. Anywho. Anyway, no one knows what we're talking about. Buddy Heald <laughs> is our cola machine of the week. Mainly because, like I said earlier, for me at least, uh, his three-point shooting, and I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but man, oh, man, like, it is really, really tough for me to hear people say that Buddy Heald is an elite shooter. I know if you look at the numbers, you can throw as many numbers as you want at me. Technically, sure, he's falls under the elite category of NBA shooters. But I would argue back with if you give – if you give Tyrese Halliburton 11 threes, is he going to hit three of them? I would hope so. Statistically, no, he'll hit more. That's what I'm saying. I mean, and I'm obviously, you know, Buddy is good enough to get the respect to take 10 threes and not be pulled, which is, you know, why he's doing I mean, I'm looking at his numbers here, and he's got a game with 60. The, the Philly game, he had 16 threes. Like, that's insane. Yeah. But – I don't know. My bigger point is just like I, I think he's just relying way too much on the three. Wait, I'm sorry. Buddy it, took 16 threes against Philly? 16 threes against Philly. He was 7 of 20 that game, 6 of 16 from three. Relax. Yes. That is Relax. insane. Like what that is – it should not be a thing. Like he, and then he followed it up. He was 5 of 12. It's atrocious. I'm sorry. Which is 40%. No. Which is, I mean, you know, whatever. That'll help you get your, your average up. But then the next game, 1 of 8, 6 of 9, 1 of 8, 3 of 11, 2 of 10. Those are all from 3. You can't, like, you just can't take that many 3s and be off. Look, I'm going to pull up Joe, Joe Harris is definitely the exception, not the rule to this. But Joe Harris, I believe, is shooting something near 50% from 3. Uh, and I believe Joe Harris takes, like, 7 a game. He takes 6.7 3s a game. I'm going to look at Joe Harris's game log right 50% now. 50% from the field, from three-point line. Joe Harris is taking eight, seven, nine, two, six, seven threes. Buddy's been passed up. I just, you know, and, and as Joe Harris is taking him, his percentage is, the, I'm, I don't know, I, this is not becoming a Joe Harris podcast, but his Joe Harris's last five games here, uh, he's shooting 56% from three. On three Damn. makes on six on six attempts. Joe Harris got paid too. He did, and I think he got paid as much as Buddy did. Uh, yeah, he's making uh, sixteen million this year, seventeen million the next year. It's a slight. It goes. It's a increasing contract, which is kind of a bummer for Brooklyn, but. for sure. But Joe he, Harris is paid that money, the yeah. same and money he's, Buddy he, Heald is getting paid. Yeah, to hit buckets that Buddy Heald is not, hitting. and he's making them. And granted, Joe Harris is in a lot easier of a basketball situation than Buddy Heald is, and he's making them. So, but he's making them. No, I totally agree. Like, I mean, you hit it on the head. I don't have much more to add other than that. The past couple of games, he's been really like, he's twenty percent from the three point line, and uh, tonight he hit three, I think, of six, which is great. But 11 points over 37 minutes is not going to cut it for me. When you're 37 minutes per game and the only production he's going to give me is 11 points per game and play very bad defense, it's not going to cut it for me. Yeah. Like it's not At least Joe Harris, who's probably not a great defender. Uh, and, again, we don't know the metrics. We're not like a crazy analytical pod here either. So if people are coming yeah, at us like very actually. Watch and tell. It's like forever. we're not going to act like we're geniuses here. No. Uh, we have people that we talk to that are those guys, and we'll ask them for help mm-hmm. if we need it. Uh, shout out the Kings Herald guys. Those guys know. Those guys know what they're awesome. doing. They're, they're on it, and we're gonna have them on as guests too, so they can teach us uh, <laughs> and teach you guys and teach you mostly teach you mostly, yeah. mostly teach you the the people that think they know everything. Sorry, we're insulting people <clears throat> off the get. Um, 
I I just if if you're not bringing something to the table, shooting or defense, why are you playing? And Buddy's not bringing either no. to the table right now, and which is why I really think before a trade is made, if it's not trade, if it's not happening, uh, a trade first, move Buddy to the bench like they did last year when they put Bogey in the lineup, and Buddy might be angry. Mm-hmm. But he plays plays better. Now, I get people don't want to move him because he's going to start freaking out and, like, being a bad teammate and say things to the press and, like, make it that he's not as great as a trade candidate if he's kind of stirring up mm-hmm. headlines. But, um, again, people are so quick to say, let's fire Luke and let's see if things get better. It's like, well, how about we shake things up rotation-wise because the rotation's not working. That's where I sit in a buddy – as far as everyone with starting lineup goes, Buddy is the weakest link right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially with, like we said, I think Marvin's playing a lot better. And, you know, not that Marvin was probably going to be traded at any point. But I think uh, if you're going to continue to bring Marvin along with his defensive struggles, I don't think you can run out Buddy and him at the no. same time and expect to do anything productive. Also, can we stop saying trade Marvin? Like people who are saying. Yeah, I mean, that's just. I think. Yeah. I, I talked about it earlier. I remember in the podcast, or like in our first couple episodes, but just. What's the point? I mean, you're you're trading. If you trade him now, you're trading on his lowest possible value, and yeah. you're you're just giving up. I'm at a point now where, and I guess as a kind of, I mean, buddy's a, this is the Coke machine of the week. So sorry, buddy, but closing out with Mar- this Marvin thought. Um, do you let him play out next year and then just let him go through like restricted free agency before you give him a contract offer? Or there's no possible way you can offer him a contract extension. Not right this now. Off season. No. There's just no way. I mean, a I would have no idea how to even value Gauge like that. Yeah, how do you what? Where do you put his value? Like, how do you? I just don't know how you give him any value. I don't know what number you would even start with. Um, I also feel like any number you would give him, he would probably be with insulted by. He feels like the type of dude who has the circle that um, feels like Marvin deserves the best, and I don't think the kind of pay he would be offered right now would be the best because if I had to guess, it would probably be either short um, or full of a lot of, like, exceptions. No, I I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, I'm team wait and see. I'm curious. I'm team wait and see. And what do you think – what would you put his – like, what would you be okay with signing him at? Right now or after next year? After – after this season, if, after he, this if you season? had to offer, if there was, if for some reason you had to offer him his contract um, extension this off season, or else he wouldn't he was like guaranteed. it. Yeah, he, exactly. he wouldn't he's take not, it. He's not going to like it. It'd be like four sixty, four for sixty, but he wouldn't take that. He wouldn't sign that. So you would still give him four years. That's another thing too. Is I don't know if you would. I, I feel like an extension would probably be like a two year extension. Ca- Think about how young he is. Now. I was thinking like. Maybe like two, and again, I don't think he would like it. But like two twenty five. I don't. I don't like those deals because, like, I mean, he has those deals are fine if like he was like an eight point per game, eight rebound. Like, oh, he's pretty good sometimes. Like then he and he's like shooting. I mean, like fifty percent. He's like wait, he's like putting up these numbers. Like this is the kind of player he can be. Like I would rather give him three or four because he's only twenty one. 
It's just the injury. I mean, the injury concerns. You yeah. don't want to lock him up. I mean, if you have him for four years and he's injured for two and a half or of them, he balls out for two, then he leaves, though. That's a, and he, he's 24 and he leaves. You know, I mean, that's, that's no problem. I, I think any negotiation, I think the point is any negotiation with Marvin is going to be tough because I think, yeah. I think we all kind of realize that there's uh, two different viewpoints on how Marvin's career is going right now. Yeah, I mean, some of us expected him to be a Luca, which again we talked about is not fair, an All Star, and others of us call him a bust. Like the realistic, like midpoint, and that's kind of what I'm getting is like I think he's kind of in the middle. Like he's not a bust, and he's also not an All Star. He's just a good player. Like yeah. that's fine. So how much is he worth? If he comes out next year and he's in a contract year and he wants to put up twenty a game. Because we've seen players make jumps in like year four. I think Giannis, like I'm not comparing him to Giannis, but I think Giannis made a giant jump. Many have in year four. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler made a giant jump in year four. I think um, off the top of my head, Darren Fox made a big jump in year three, year four. Um, Yeah. So let let me look at Giannis real quick. Let's compare him to Giannis. I'm just kidding. Let's uh, Uh, let's do it. (laughs) Giannis, yeah, it was year four where he went from being like a 16 point per game scorer to like yeah 23. Eight and five, yeah. Just like then he became a perennial all star. So, um, all right. So be on the lookout for that next season. Can't wait. Well, hey, uh, former Sacramento King Olden Polonese did come on KHK a while back, and he said that he thinks Marvin Bagley is as good as, or could be better than Giannis. So we leave you with that. You can check that out on the Sports Eleven Forty app in the Carmichael Dave podcast section, where I, you can I think also it was, find. I think it was Jason Ross show. No, it was it was Carmichael Dave. I feel like Dave. it was Carmichael Dave show. Was it? I feel like it was definitely the Carmichael Dave show. Um, we'll have our stats and research check that out, or we can have people check that out for us. Okay. But anyways, you should definitely check out the Sports 1140 app. Uh, I believe we will be on KHDK.com soon. Um, bear with us as we are transitioning all of our stuff over. Sorry for loading everyone's podcast feeds up earlier today. Yeah. Um, Pair with us, like I said. Yeah. Um, thank you very much. We appreciated everyone who reached out. Uh, it means a lot. Uh, I would like to thank Frank for putting in so much work over this time that he's uh, he's been working here. And uh, yeah, really excited for what's to come. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. I would like to thank you as well for hey doing all that you do. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I think I had another thought, but we'll save it for next week. We'll save it for next week. Um, for Frankie Cardicelli, I am Chris Watkins. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Be on the lookout for our next episode. Follow us on our socials. And thank you very much. Shout out, Pfizer. Shout out, Bobby Schmurda. Jello Beats. Uh-uh. Holla at me.